0: Welcome to Middle Grade Mavens, where two author mums discuss their favourite middle grade books, provide recommendations, and share insider industry tips for authors trying their hand at middle grade. Julie Ann Grasso is the author of the Frankie DuPont mystery series, cupcake enthusiast and part-time library book wrangler. Pamela Uckerman is a writer, dancer, and homeschooling mum who sometimes finds time for sleep. Both Julie and Pamela devour middle-grade books, not only for research but to share with their combined brood of four munchkins. Hi, Pamela, and welcome back to Middle Grade Maven's for our 103rd episode. Hello. What has been happening?
1: Um, renovations. Yes. <laughs> We've been renov- so yeah lots of um people coming and going and lots of paint smells and things like that so yeah that's about it in my world at the moment a bit of that and a bit of homeschool and I presented at a um homeschool summit um Mm. just a week ago I think oh I don't even know now I can't remember (laughs) where did that go so that's oh yeah I don't even know I think because we've had tradies here all week, so it's just been madness. I don't even know yep. what's up and what's down. Yep. But, yeah, what
0: about you? Uh, we're back to story time in the park. We can't do indoor yet. And that's been oh, yeah. great. That's been so much fun. Um, But very busy. And I finished my graphic novel, so I'm going to get that looked at. Um. And general uh, school-run madness again. So, Mm. yeah, that's, yeah, too tired to even uh, remember what's been happening. (laughs) So
1: shall we review some books? Yes.
0: What is the title of your first book?
1: Yeah, so I have two books today. And the first one is Friday Barnes Undercover, which is the 10th Friday Barnes book by R.A. Spratt, published by Penguin Random House Australia on February the 1st, 2022.
0: Oh, yes, big fans of Friday in this house. So would you share the jacket? blurb?
1: Yeah. Friday is not running away. Yes, she did get on a train to Norway without telling anyone where she was going, but she had to help Binky. He may or may not have been attacked by a polar bear. Now he's facing court-martial for dereliction of duty. Obviously, Friday had to drop everything and travel 3,000 kilometres to solve the case. The fact that it's easy to handle her feelings for Ian Wayne Scott if there's a continent between them is just a coincidence. When Friday arrives in Oslo, there are so many mysteries to solve. Is someone trying to keep Binky and Princess Ingrid apart? How can a painting leave a museum when all the doors are sealed? And will Melanie persuade Friday to go to the Royal Ball without wearing a brown cardigan? If Friday survives her trip to the remote global sea vault, we may find out.
0: Oh, my gosh. This sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like a locked door museum mystery.
1: Um, it's a bit of all. Oh,
0: yeah, it's a bit of everything. Mm. I think we might have to read this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh, what genre would you class it as (laughs)
1: Uh, it's a mystery with another mystery (laughs) yeah Ah, within
0: a mystery (laughs) and what was your overall enjoyment
1: um a cunning art thief a teenage detective gallivanting around europe hanging out with european royalty honestly what's not to love (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm, yes
1: um yeah i hadn't actually read any of the friday Barnes series until this one believe it or not but um you know how much i love the enola home series Mm really and i ended up reading that whole series um from yeah start to finish so it's no surprise that i really enjoyed friday Barnes undercover as well um and i'm probably gonna have to read more i think Yeah. um yeah friday is quirky and socially awkward but intelligent and highly respected and she's operating in the world of international crime. But in a story that is written for middle grade readers, there's a scene where Friday attends a ball dressed in a princess's gown, and all she wants to do is hide because big social events are hard for her. And I just wanted to hug the author of this. I was like, that'd be me, you know? Yes. Um, yeah, she's just, she's not your, you know, normal, outgoing middle grade character. Yeah. Not all girls want to dress up in beautiful beautiful gowns and attend fancy balls. Now the story centers around the global seed vault, which I love because it adds a touch of modern science and the real world to what's otherwise um a fantastic adventure. Oh that was amazing. Yeah, 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 it was a good one. Who
0: will love this book?
1: Um now I get the feeling that, and I, I think I've confirmed this that. Friday has grown up somewhat from the first book to this 10th book. So the target reading age is probably a bit older. So for this one, I'd say probably nine and up, but I think even teens would enjoy it even if they haven't read the previous books in the series. Yep. Yep.
0: Yeah.
1: Yep. Well, we've gotten
0: all the way to book 10 and she's still enjoying them. So at the age of 10. Oh, Hmm. yeah. Oh,
1: good. Yeah. Yeah joke boy he loves mysteries and he's been a, if anyone's on the um your kids next read facebook group you'll see you'll have seen maybe that i posted a little while ago <laughs> asking yeah, yes. love yeah. um the detective's guide to ocean travel and he wanted more like it um so we've been looking mm-hmm. for more mysteries so he might enjoy this one actually but we, he's currently reading nevermore so that might take him a little while yeah. um and um we're for homeschool we're reading the london eye mystery i think it's called the london eye mystery by siobhan dowd um yeah. and we are really loving it. actually it's a really good read so yeah yeah this one will be on my suge- my pile of suggestions for him once he's finished nevermore yay so what is the title of your first book today julie
0: Yeah, mine is Big Apple Diaries by Alyssa Bermudez, published by Roaring Brook Press in November
1: 2021. I don't know this one. Would you share the black black jacket blur with us?
0: Yeah, so in Big Apple Diaries, a heartfelt diary-style graphic memoir by Alyssa Bermudez, a young New Yorker doodles her way through middle school until the September 11, 2001 territory terrorist attack leaves her wondering if she can ever be a kid again. It's the year 2000 in New York City. For 12-year-old Alyssa, this means splitting time between her Puerto Rican dad's apartment in Manhattan and her white mum's new place in Queens, navigating the trials and tribulations of middle school and an epic crush on a new classmate. The only way to make sense of it all is to capture the highs and lows in doodles and hilarious comics in a diary. Then life abruptly changes on September 11, 2001. After the twin towers fall and so many lives are lost, worries about gossip and boys feel distant and insignificant. Alyssa must find a new sense of self and purpose amidst all of the chaos and find the strength to move forward with hope. Wow, that sounds really interesting. Um, what genre would you class it as? It's a middle grade graphic novel memoir, which I have never read before. Yeah, I wonder how many there are out there. I, think I, I think don't know. I think I think she might have started a
1: trend, <laughs> which I think is great. <laughs> yeah, interesting, because I think that manga boy would actually really like these. Yeah. He I mean he loves graphic novels, but he lo- he like he's really into um world affairs. Mm. Especially historical, yeah. you know. Um, he's yep. he's so into politics. Um I think he's partly age, but he's always really been into politics. So um yeah, I think he'd like this. So what was your overall enjoyment?
0: I loved this so much. It was just a beautiful mix of like an almost teen memoir, living the daily life with all the angst of being shy, not fitting in, um, navigating the world of first crushes and I guess coming of age moments that shape her future. But I think what made this work so amazingly as a graphic novel, it's, just, it's not just a graphic novel, it's a memoir of moving towards high school so it was sort of that unique sort of microscope, you know, moment where you, you saw things just impacting her so dramatically. Um, and then the Twin Towers fall. So it's seen mm-hmm. through the eyes of basically her grade seven class as well. The moments around that time um, and what Alyssa describes from her memory of what happened to her and her family and, um, She and and, you know she sort of shared her struggles. Her family survived the Twin Towers. Um, They were nearby, but not. um, Her dad wasn't at work that day. Uh, Yeah, it was just a very change changing of you know life um, moment, obviously. But there was heart and humor and so much emotion, and I don't think I'll forget this one any any time soon. And of course, right at the end, there are author's notes um and it that's worth reading to learn to learn really exactly how this book came about um and I'm going to delve into that a little bit further with Alyssa in an interview so stay tuned folks mm-hmm. but yeah I noticed this one a, a while ago I think maybe Alyssa might have come to Kidlit Vic um I and have. I saw her her illustration style and followed her on Instagram and then saw that she had a graphic novel coming out and of course, I I do a lot of acquiring in our library, especially always looking for graphic novels. So I put it on order, and it, I finally sort of saw it in the library the other day. So I put it right to the top of the <laughs> to be read pile. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and was not at all um, displeased that I did that.
1: It was it was beautifully wow. done. So. I mean, yeah. it's one of those things that you were around in that, you know, if you still remember 2001, yeah. you remember where you were on that at that time. Yes. yes. Yeah. We are, we're here in Australia. I mean, being a kid in New York around that time would have been. Yeah. 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 Huge impact. So, uh, who will love this book? What age would you recommend it for?
0: Yeah, I think eight plus, eight to 12 would be um, really good. And okay. yeah, just, I think it that's really excellent addition to your your school library or your local library
1: great sounds amazing so what's your second book pamela yeah speaking of great additions to libraries um my mm. second book is rabbit angel soldier thief by katrina nanestad published by HarperCollins on 27th of october
0: 2021 uh, you've been looking
1: forward to this one for a while would you read The Jacket blurb? Mm-hmm. Wood splinters and Mama screams and the nearest soldier seizes her roughly by the arms. My sister pokes her bruised face out from beneath the table and shouts, run, Sasha, run. So I run. I run like a rabbit. It's spring 1942. The sky is blue. The air is warm and sweet with the scent of flowers and then everything is gone. The flowers, the proud geese, the pretty wooden houses, the friendly neighbours, only Sasha remains. But one small boy alone in war-torn Russia cannot survive. One small boy without a family cannot survive. One small boy without his home cannot survive. What that small boy needs is an army.
0: She's got a beautiful way of writing, doesn't she? Yeah. And what genre would you class this as? Yeah, this is historical fiction. Of course. Yeah. (laughs) And what was your overall enjoyment?
1: Uh, well, uh, you know how much I enjoyed Katrina's other World War II book, We Are Wolves. In fact, um, I read it aloud to my boys for homeschool after reading it for review, and um, yeah, they both they both loved it. And in fact, when this arrived, um, Joke Boy said, "Oh, I loved We Are Wolves. You know, is this another one?" I said, "Yes." <laughs> so he will we will get to read this again um so yeah when and when I came to read this book I was I actually delayed reading it for a bit because I knew it was going to wring my heart out yeah. <laughs> I also knew it would be beautiful and it was and in fact I think I love this this even more than um we yeah, are wolves <laughs> Just oh, hard well, to hey. say um yeah so it follows the story of a uh, young Russian boy Sasha in a Berlin hospital at the end of World War II who has forgotten how he got there Thanks to the care of the doctors and nurses and some items that he steals, his story begins to unfold. And his story begins with young Sasha as a six-year-old Russian losing his family and his whole village to the Nazis. Sasha comes across a small company of Red Army soldiers who take him under their wing and care for him as they advance across Russia, Ukraine, Poland, and into Germany. Sasha becomes more than a child that they need to care for, more than a mascot. He's a stand-in son to these soldiers a beacon of hope as the company meets the enemy again and again and becomes smaller and smaller. Young Sasha sees and does more than any child should ever experience, but the company do their best to shield him from the worst of it and protect him, saving his life on more than one occasion. It's an absolutely stunning book about the futility of war from a child's point of view and the hope that can be found in even the darkest places. And who
0: will love this book? What age would you recommend it for?
1: Uh, having read um, We Are Wolves To My Boys at 10 and 8, I wondered if this would be a bit too much for them. It feels deeper and darker. Um, and I, I would probably say it's fine for 10 and up, but maybe, maybe even a little older, depending on how sensitive they are and if they, depending on how much knowledge they have of the war in advance as well. It's a bit, it's a bit more graphic um yeah and a, a bit more heartbreaking than we are wolves um yeah and like I said joke boy he saw it and he he the first thing he said was wow that cover's amazing and I was like yeah isn't it and it's um so beautiful it's by Martina Heidecek um yeah and so yeah. we're gonna we're gonna have to read it um, it is told in the voice of Sasha. So although there are atrocities, it is it is a little childlike. So the gore is softened um from the point of view of this innocent protected child. But I really think it'd be it's a great novel for um reading and discussion with grades sort of six to eight. Uh, they, they tend to be more interested at that age in, in world real world history. Yeah. Um yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, you know, they are reading Morris Gleitzman's book, so you know, it's sort of similar, I guess, similar yeah. level to them. So Did I answer that question? I don't even know. But anyway. (laughs) You did. (laughs) Anyway, go read that book. It's amazing. And she's going to be winning awards just like she did for three Yeah,
0: of course.
1: Yeah. So, one more to go. What is the title of your second book, Julie? Yeah, my
0: second book is Dear Greta by Yvette Poshoglian, published by Penguin Random House in March 2022.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: would you share the black jacket blurb with us?
0: Yes. When everything seems to be going wrong, sometimes you just have to stand up for what you believe in, even if it's just in your own little corner of the world. This was meant to be Alice's year to shine, but things are already going wrong. At school, she's given young environmental activist Greta Thunberg as her pen pal for a fictional writing assignment why wouldn't Alice get someone easy to write to like a pop star? Then she's put in charge of taking the Harmony Day food fair online, which seems impossible, especially when she is teamed up with the most annoying boy in her school. As if she didn't have enough on her plate, Alice gets kicked out of her bedroom by her grandmother coming to stay. And no matter what Alice does, she'll never be able to live up to her infuriating sister's achievements, right? Through her letters to Greta, Alice finds herself opening up about life and as Alice approaches the hard questions by wondering what would Greta do, she starts to believe that she can make a difference, a big one.
1: Oh, I kind of like that idea, using letters to (laughs) Greg as a... Yeah. So what genre would you class it as?
0: This is a middle-grade contemporary epistolary novel with cultural inclusion, climate change, and conservation themes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How's that for a genre? (laughs) (laughs) Still making it up. Yep. Um, um, Now, epistolary novels, they can work. Or they don't. Mm. Some, you know, some are great, some are not. So what was your overall enjoyment?
0: Oh, this was a delight from the first page. I actually really loved reading about Alice's world with all the angst of navigating um, friendships and relationships at school and at home. And, and in her letters to Greta, we also learned so much about Greta, as well as the issues that she is tackling along with the issues that Alice was also tackling. And in the Harmony Day Food Fair, we learned so much about a diverse range of cultures through the eyes of Alice, which was both poignant and refreshing. The depiction of the Arn character with a respir- respiratory disease warmed my heart immensely, especially to see disability inclusion displayed so beautifully. Um, I won't give it away; you'll have to read the book to find out how they did, how she did that. Plus, all that talk about food, I was constantly hungry reading this. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would actually go so far as to call this also a coming-of-age tale, but you couldn't leave this um, without also having a greater understanding of climate change, climate activation, conservation uh, themes, inclusion and diversity. So
1: it really was the whole package. Uh-huh. Uh, so who will love this book? What age would you recommend it for?
0: This would be great for eight to twelve, definitely. And I, I'm fairly certain it'll pop up on every school bookshelf um, mm-hmm. and and hopefully local library. Great. What a great selection of books today. Yeah. And stay tuned because I am going to be interviewing Alyssa and Yvette, so stay on the line, folks. Alyssa Bermudez is a born and bred New Yorican living down under in Tasmania, Australia. She studied illustration and animation at the Fashion Institute of Technology for undergraduate and graduate courses. As an author, illustrator and art teacher for students aged 5 to 75 plus, she strives to put the kapow in stories and learning while representing children of diverse backgrounds. Big Apple Diaries is her debut graphic novel her illustrations can be found on fabric and fashion in magazines many children's books and even on stage she is obsessed with dogs books live sketching mountain bike hiking traveling and keeping plants alive so welcome to middle grade mavens Alyssa
2: thank you so much for having me on the podcast it's so exciting
0: yeah i i can't believe we managed to make this happen it's always the way isn't it
2: definitely (laughs) (laughs) here we are
0: you've got a huge bio going on there so tell us where where did it all start for you in writing and, and illustrating
2: well illustrating came first i've always been an artist i wanted to be a shoe designer when i was a kid Um, so that was probably my first, um, I guess my first step into the art world, thinking that I wanted to go that route. Um, I did not become a shoe designer uh, (laughs) in the end, (laughs) but really just that love of drawing and, and drama and coming up with ideas was something that always appealed to me. And so the, the illustrating was always there. I studied illustration and, um, And the writing came afterwards and really, really when I could see that illustration and storytelling have a natural relationship.
0: Yeah, yeah. So reading Big Apple Diaries, Author Notes, I know where you actually got the inspiration for this amazing graphic novel, but I would love you to share it with us.
2: Yeah, Big Apple Diaries is really like a book of my heart and soul. It's based on my actual diaries from when I was a kid, um, from when I was, I mean, I was always diary writing. um, But this particular part of my diary is from year seven and eight. And, um, you know, I found my diaries again when I was in my early 20s. And I just thought, wow i need to do something with these i'm not exactly sure what yet (laughs) and it kind of just snowballed from there and it it, from about that thought and finding them to getting it published was probably 10 years
0: yeah kind of
2: back and forth and thinking and what what will i do with this and how can i make it for children today
0: (laughs) yeah amazing so I think what I've, I've said for my next question is um, we know that a graphic novel is a very different process from, you know, just straight writing a novel. Um, can you run us through the steps on the way? And I guess we'll hear about how your journey of as how it actually came to be published.
2: Yeah, definitely. It was it was not linear <laughs> in any way, yep. um, and I think you know because this is my introduction to the graphic novel world, I really wasn't sure how you're supposed to do it or what it was supposed to be formatted like and all of those things that probably held me back for probably a couple of years before I put it out there um, even further. And so really all of the writing came first. Um, Initially, I took kind of this smaller diary entries. kind of reformatted them and then put some sample art to them. And that was kind of how it picked up some steam where people were seeing some of my more embarrassing moments um, in diary entry form. And and I guess that gave me, I guess a bit more confidence to continue with putting these together and filling in the timeline a bit more and making it have a beginning, middle and end as a a real book and not just these kind of random moments. Yeah. (laughs) So. Yeah, I guess once I, you know, finalized all the writing, and I was working with an agent at, at that point too, and she was encouraging me along the way. So I think a lot of that outside encouragement was really helpful because it is so personal. Um, yeah. I think that really helped to to push it along too. And and yeah, and then all of the artwork came kind of after the storyline, and all of the 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 timeline was already set in in stone before yeah, the artwork came.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, I, it sounds like you did sort of a, a reverse pitch in that your agent kind of knew what you wanted to achieve and then you you really had to make it happen on the way.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was really lucky that she could see my vision early on. I was working um, with her on other illustration specific projects and she was pushing me as an author illustrator to get this happening. Yeah. And so she, yeah, really kind of helped format it to a a way that was presentable enough to then start pitching and, and submitting as a a real story.
0: Yay. So (laughs) do you have an exciting sort of contract story? Like I know some people like, oh, five publishers wanted it, two publishers wanted it. Was yours a sort of a
2: nail biting process? It was pretty exciting. I think um, I had actually a year before going on sub, I had submitted kind of a sample and and the idea um, out there. And so my agent had kind of gathered the group of people that I guess showed an interest at that point so that when I was ready to go on sub, she knew exactly who to submit to. So I think it was already narrowed down a little bit. Yep. and then it came down to um, two publishers in the end um, that I kind of got so far that I would um, speak with the editors about them um, kind of about what they thought of, about I guess getting the the feel for each other if we were gonna work together um, in a in a way that we were on the same page yep and at that time I was actually in China oh. and I was in I was in Suzhou China Um on a workshop, I was actually illustrating a children's show, like a live on stage um, show, which was t- just amazing. <laughs> a whole other story. So you and speak,
0: you actually speak Chinese or you were, you were illustrating in English?
2: It was, yeah, I wasn't speaking at all, but I did have the audio cues in Mandarin. Like I had uh-huh. to, um, by the end of the show, I did kind of understand like what was happening in Mandarin, but yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But the show is entirely in Mandarin. And wow. Um, and my pictures were just part of the, the storytelling. Yep. And so I we were in this kind of weird hotel room while I was having the conversation with um Connie Su at, at um, Roaring Book Press. And I was telling her that like I'm in China and I was just happy that we could, you know, figure out a time and <laughs> to do all of this. And what was really weird was that there were two things that were weird and kind of serendipitous so she um had said that she had actually been to Suzhou before and she was like really familiar with Suzhou and I was like that's crazy I've you know never knew anything about it until I landed here (laughs) and um and then the second really weird thing like while I was on the phone with her and I hadn't really been in that hotel yet I think it was our first day It was our first day in Sutra, so I hadn't noticed the weird things in the hotel room yet. But right over my bed was like a picture of um, the Twin Towers, (laughs) (laughs) which was (laughs) very weird. (laughs) Not ideal hotel decoration. There was like Marilyn Monroe on one wall and then like the Twin Towers over my bed. And so I was telling this to... The editor, I was like, this is really weird, but I just have to tell you since you know my story and that it takes place around 9-11, that the the twin towers are like staring me down right now.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Um so I, I think we just like had this moment of like, that's really crazy. And like we we're both familiar with Sujo. Like it just kind of started this relationship. And yeah, I could just tell that she really understood kind of what was in my mind that I was trying to say in my story yeah. as well and and that's kind of how it's been ever since and yeah. I guess the best part of that outcome was that they signed me up for three books so without Amazing. without having seen any anything else they're like let's do a three book yeah. deal so I was like I'm amazed
0: <laughs> and I heard that it is such it is such about relationship when it is at that point like what what how will you work together and If you don't get a good feel with, you know, four other editors, then you know that they're not not the right one. Like it's a pretty personal process, isn't it? So
2: yeah, definitely. I did have um, in that year before when it wasn't quite ready to submit fully, we went to um, in person to a bunch of places too. When I was back in New York, my editor, uh, my sorry, not my editor, my agent took me out on like a giant two days of going to like every publishing House in oh, New York, <laughs> and yeah, and there were some kind of moments of of hesitation when an editor was like, you know, why do you think that kids today would relate to um, something from twenty years ago? Yeah,
0: yep yeah.
2: and like they weren't they weren't seeing it. So I was like, oh, yeah, okay, well this obviously isn't the right relationship. Like this isn't the right vibe
0: because yeah. I do think,
2: like I really do believe in it, and and the other people that we met. Believed in it too, but I guess you know getting that kind of feedback from someone is definitely a, I guess a bump in my confidence yeah, no. <laughs> along the way. Yeah,
0: of course, not everyone's going to get it. Yeah, no. So that's right. When you get to editing a graphic novel that's essentially a memoir, how does that how does that work? Like, well, you're basically like sort of scrutinizing, but then also you know keeping to your memory.
2: Yeah, it was really tricky. I think a couple of things really helped along the way. One was referring to the character as little A. So I wasn't talking about myself and like being like, oh, I this or me that because it's, you know, it is 20 years later me. So it's not the same person. Yeah, Yep. (laughs) Um, So calling her little A really helped separate the character from me so I can just talk about it um, as a book, as a character, as a, a journey. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was really helpful so that I could edit a bit more easily. And I think um, kind of getting that, giving myself permission, getting permission from other people that it was okay to move things along the timeline a little bit. Yes. So things that happened um, maybe a year before that ended up being included, or, you know, I kind of moved the the time around a bit but everything that I included did happen yeah and kind of honoring the memory of it but also you know adjusting the language and dialogue and stuff like that but keeping the essence of it
0: yeah (laughs) yep so were there any any moments where you're like digging your heels in or was it you know a fairly painless process
2: um Yeah, it's it's not it was not painless, (laughs) I would say. Um I guess you know is seeing it come together and it's and reading it through and it's working and things like that really were exciting and that would motivate me to keep going as well. Yeah. So I think kind of once you have a few moments of like, oh yeah, that that's that's you know funny that that's working then yeah yeah, kind of continuing from there is a lot easier yeah the starting that's a lot harder so
0: what can we say there's a favorite part in a graphic novel that's a memoir I mean I guess we can what was your favorite part in in you know doing
2: this whole process
1: um
2: I guess like my my ultimate favorite parts probably getting the, the deal in the first place, that was just like, could not believe it. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was like the first one. And then I'd say after, you know, the really hard work phase of the editing and, the, and going through rough sketches and stuff like that. And once it was kind of finalized, like these are all the words that I'm gonna put in and for the most part, and these are all the images that I'm gonna put in and everyone's kind of agreed. That yep. was then really easy and fun after that to just make it look nice and and just to make the final art and not have to kind of, I guess use my brain constantly and and deciding yeah. back and forth anymore. Yeah. So that for me, I think was probably the best artistic part where I could just you know put music on again because I really can't listen to anything while um, yep. making decisions. and yep. so. The final art's really yeah, definitely the the most fun aspect of creating it. And then once actual real life children were reading it, that was then like the ultimate, this is so cool. I love this.
0: Yes, <laughs> yes. So I'm gonna add in an extra question which you'll be able to answer easily. Are you do you use a like a tablet or is it all done in you know
2: textiles? I do use a, a screen, I, I use a Cintiq. Um, monitor in in Photoshop, and yeah, I wouldn't be able to do it without it. I changed my mind so many times, and
0: (laughs) yeah, yeah. um,
2: yeah, it's just so much faster for me. You know, I love working in brush and ink. Um, Yeah, just, uh, it would never get done, and for Big Apple Diaries, it was pretty urgent with the timeline that I needed to get the artwork done so that it could come out for the 20th anniversary of September 11th
0: course yes yep oh it's just amazing that you know you you pull it off in the end <laughs> but I'm sure there was a lot in the late nights and definitely <laughs> yeah so I my next question it was a bit of an assumption have you actually done the school visit sort of circuit yet because we're been in a pandemic so this may have been a bit of an odd bod question for you have you done any school visits and did you do you have you got any memorable moments where maybe a reader has connected with the book?
2: Yeah, definitely. I absolutely love um, the school visits, and I've done quite a few virtual ones as well. yep um, Especially with with schools in the U.S., um, but I've done quite a few local ones here in in Tassie, which has been oh, great. Good. And, um, and so the the children in Tassie most mostly hadn't read the book yet. Um, yep. So they they knew the story that I, I usually read the segment in my book that has um, the character, which is me, um, shaving my eyebrows off. Of course,
0: yes. <laughs> yeah,
2: so that, <laughs> that's Winner. always a fun one to to just introduce the book to to children, um, yep. you know, not going into the 9 11 part of it just yet, but really just the growing up parts of it and the the mishaps along the way. (laughs) Yeah, so it's always been fun sharing that with, um, you know, with with students live. And for the children that have read the book, I definitely get funnier questions from them, um, mostly about the the crush in the book, they all want to know. About real life Alejandro. It happened. (laughs) About it and what he thinks. (laughs) Yeah. So that that always cracks me up. and, But yeah, I I do get either questions about Alejandro or questions about how long it took for my eyebrows to grow back.
0: Yeah. In case it (laughs) happens to them.
2: (laughs) Most common. (laughs) Always cracks me up. There was actually one little girl um, in year four, I think, which is kind of the youngest group mm-hmm. that I would that I would see and she just raised her hand it was not a question at all she was like I actually shaved my eyebrows once too
0: <laughs> <laughs> she just had to you
2: know, let me know that she was feeling my pain
0: Solidarity, <laughs> yeah. it's amazing yeah
2: so that's, that's been very very cute <laughs> oh
0: that's that's gorgeous well, hopefully you get lots more school visits now. The world is opening up a little bit more.
2: Yeah, I hope so. It's really so enjoyable. Yeah.
0: So you said you've got a three book deal. So what's next in the wings for
2: Alyssa? Yes, the the next book is um, a continuation kind of of Big Apple Diaries. It's It's more of a companion book, but it's another graphic novel. It's another... Three hundred or so pages. <laughs> yep. Um, and it's a bit older, so I would say the. I'm not sure what the official reader age is just yet, but potentially ten to fourteen, a yep. bit more upper upper middle, or I guess for for here more at high school level. Yep. Um, and again, it's another um big change. In my teenage life, which was when I, I lost one of my parents, yes, and just kind of getting thrown off the path again and finding your way back onto maybe a different path, the unexpected path, and that's kind of the the gist of of where the next one is going. I'm I'm in the final art stage of that now, so I'm up to that kind of fun part again.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep.
2: And so, hope hopefully it will um, come out in 2023.
0: Oh amazing. Well I'll we'll be yeah.
2: pre-ordering it for
0: the library. <laughs> It'll Thank take six you. months to come, but yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> That's the worst part. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully we can get yeah some some of the Australian distribution a bit faster. Yes. <laughs> Don't know who to who makes that happen, but <laughs> yeah, we'll make it happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, have you got a middle grade
0: book that's on your shelf that you think every kid should have the opportunity to read, other than your own?
2: Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I do. I have quite a few that that I've read, um, I guess, within the last year or so, and you know, that I'm mostly reading mostly reading graphic novels for for middle grade. Yep. Um, and I would say one of my favorites. From last year was When Stars Are Scattered. I oh, uh, heard about this. Yep. It's just so powerful and beautiful and moving and emotional yep. and yeah, I we, would say that that every child should read a story like that, especially children that yeah, would have no concept of what life as a refugee means. Yep. And just imagining them themselves as a, a kid in that experience. Very, very powerful.
0: Yeah. I think I actually yeah. have that on order too. So get back to you in six months when it arrives. But yeah.
2: <laughs> <sighs> it's just yeah. amazing. Yeah. I saw Big Apple Diaries on a list um at a library this week in the US somewhere. It was like the tween categories, um, books like For sports, books for this, or books for that. And it was books for feelings. (laughs) And it had my book and also When Stars Are Scattered. Oh,
0: right next door. I was
2: like, "Eh, that's wonderful.
0: Yep. Yep. (laughs)
2: Life
0: Goal Unlocked. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Love love to see it. What a delight it has been, Alyssa where can we find you online if our listeners are interested in checking out your books
2: well you can absolutely find me on my website which is alissabermudezart.com mm-hmm. and on social media I would say Instagram's probably the more likely place that you'll see me <laughs> and yep. that's uh, Bermudez Bahama yep. on Instagram
0: <laughs> oh wonderful Well, once again, great to have you on the show and come back when your next book comes out. I would love
2: to. (laughs) Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for stopping by Middle Grade Mavens. If you'd like to know more about the Mavens, log on to middlegradepodcast.com or to find Julie online, stop by julieandgrassobooks.com. And to find Pamela, stop by www.ueckerman.net.